with a mic. Today's topic is Black Power. Where does it truly lie? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Three Chicks with a Mic. And be sure to comment, like, subscribe, and share. We truly appreciate the love. So, as stated, the topic is Black Power. Where does it truly lie? And what I mean by Black Power, I mean... Who are we really at our core? What should we be focused on as a community? Where should our energies be placed? And what is the best strategy that we need to take as a culture to achieve the common goal, which is the betterment and equality of our race? There are going to be a lot of people who I already know are going to disagree with me. They're going to be upset with me. They may even, you know, write some real harsh comments, but I'm okay with that. We're open to hearing everyone's opinion. But I personally feel like the empowerment of our race and our true power lies in our economics, okay? We're known to be a civil rights culture. We fought for civil rights for a long time with, you know, Martin Luther King and countless others who will probably be nameless because there are so many unsung heroes that we hear out here. And I'm not saying that civil rights is a waste of time but what i am saying is that civil rights is secondary let me explain any other racial group that you find asians arabs hispanics everyone is concerned about building up their community they have their own schools a lot of them have their own um, banks and institutions they have their own neighborhoods they support each other they're not concerned about if blacks like them, they're not concerned about if whites want to let them come sit at their lunch counter and eat with them. They're concerned about getting their own lunch counter. We have always been a group of people who've wanted the whites to like us, to accept us, to understand us, to, you know, treat us like we're you and blah, 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 cry me a freaking river. When Martin Luther King was preaching about civil rights and being nonviolent and we should be able to go to school with you and all these things, oh, they were all good with that. They'll let you protest up and down the street all day long. But Coretta Scott King said it best. The second that her husband switched his message from civil rights to black economic power, boom, out of here. Because they know that that's where the power truly lies. We should not be concerned about who likes us or not. We should be concerned about taking the position that each 
person in each race should equally have, which is economic empowerment. That is where you really begin to grow as a people. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree. They're going to be upset. I am one who feels like protesting is a waste of time. I know that's harsh, but I'm going to say it again. I am one who feels like protesting is a waste of time. And let me explain before you cut my throat. Okay? <laughs> if you go out and you have a child and your child say, Mommy, I want that cookie that's up there. And you know for a fact you're not giving them that cookie. You know you don't want them to have the cookie. For whatever reason, you know they don't need it. You don't want them to have it. You're not giving it to them. And it don't matter if they holler, scream, have a tantrum, fall out on the floor at the rouses, do whatever. You're not giving them that cookie. It's the same thing. We're out here begging and pleading, oh, see me, hear me, we matter, look at what's going on. They know. They know you matter. They know what you want. They know what you've been wanting for the past 400 years. They knew what you wanted when they brought you over here and told you it was less than human. They are very aware. We made them aware in the 50s and 60s and during the civil rights movement when we took that first approach of, hey, we are here, listen to us, we deserve this. They know that. They have no intention on ever giving it to you at all, which is why we see so much controversy going on now about how they want us to forget about slavery, but yet they're crying, bitching, and moaning about statues and monuments, okay, that are standing up for what they truly believe and what they talk about in their kitchen table. So I'm going to open up the discussion to my chicks and we can have a, you know, a conversation about it, but I don't feel that it is, our energy can be spent elsewhere. I don't think that it is. Um, good, nor do I think that it makes much of a difference, or do I think that it's smart for us to risk not only our lives, but a lot of people who are bringing their children out to protest and all that, risking you and your children's lives to beg for something that you're never going to get from them in that way. You already know the things that you want in this life, and especially in this capitalist society, the things you want, you have to take. And the same way you're driving in your car and you see a homeless man on the side of the road with his sign up saying, give me 50 cent or coming up to your window, knocking on your window saying, give me 50 cent. The same way you ignore him and when the light turns green, you pull off and you keep freaking going. It's the exact same thing that's going on when we're standing out here protesting and putting ourselves and our children in danger and in harm's way to be a hashtag because you want to beg these whites for something that they have no intention on ever giving to you. Or had intention on giving to you. Correct. Right. Correct. <clears throat> well, shout out to Stokely Carmichael, who coined the term black power in the 1960s, who was definitely not liked by our um, well-known civil rights leaders like Dr. Martin Luther King and Martin Luther King, because he understood back then the power of economics, you know, and they, our civil rights leaders, like Tiffany said, more or less, focused more on equality, wanting to be treated fairly, wanting to be treated as if you were someone else. Correct. Which, how far has that really gotten us? You know, it's the question. It, how far have we come? When it comes down to that, where have we, you know, gone? Like, is it a civil matter or is it an economic matter? It's going to always... It's definitely... I'm sorry, Tasha. It's always going to be an economic matter. Yep. Because at the end of the day, every other group of people, they get it. And I'm not saying that we don't get it. And I do believe that there are far more variables as to why we haven't gotten to the same place that other races have gotten. And that's mm -hmm. for another topic for another day. But 
the mere fact that we we as a people have always been people of love and compassion and community. Yes, that's who and we are. At that's our who core. we are at our core. So, but we've been so engulfed with making sure that the oppressor likes us and that they, you know, appreciate us that we have lost sight of what we're really fighting for here. And who we are. And who we yeah. are. You don't need them to like you. You need them to respect. And going out begging somebody for their respect, you will never, you will never get, get it that it. way. You, you, you take your respect. You know what I mean? You go out there and you do what you have to do. There's an article that I saw on Facebook years ago by an Asian guy. And um, he was basically in a nutshell saying that it's not that he didn't care about black people because the question was posed about why Asians always hire their own in a store like you'll go into an Asian store or beauty store or, or market or whatever and you never see any other race except their own race in there and asking like why that, are you racist you don't like blacks blah 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 and he was like no it's not that I don't like blacks I just like my own people more <laughs> you know what I mean he was like my job and my duty is not to uplift and take care of the black race my job and my duty is to uplift and take care of my Asian community that's who I am so that's why they have their own schools. They educate their own children. They have their own neighborhoods and communities where they congregate and have, you know, have their support system. And when they have businesses, they put their money in their own hands before it leaves their community, which is why they have been able to be so much more successful as a race, as a group of people. When you don't have economic power, you have nothing. You can't control politics. You can't control the civil things that are going on because you don't own anything. Here's what I don't understand. And I'm and I and I think and of course this all goes back into cuz this is a bunch of things. We definitely don't have those leaders that we had back then. And when I say that is you have so many people who yeah, they claiming they leaders, they have this whole hashtag and they doing all this whole movement stuff, but still at the end of the day it's all about their brand and them building up their movement versus us being the movement and you're concerned about literally, like you say, our economics and our capitalism and well, us growing as a people. we do have people that, that comes to the table and reel about it, but unfortunately those are the ones that get killed. Or the ones who That's what, make, and listen, that, make it to And to finish my thought. they get shut down. It's a, no, to finish my thought, that's what will happen and I think that's why we don't have those leaders because then... I'm not sure. If they, I'm not gonna say they weren't scared, but they didn't mind going in the paint. You have people now who I get it. You're and not to say selfish, but you got you may have families. You got to think about all of those things. It's like, well, dang, I don't know if I really I have things to say, but I gotta know that I'm gonna put everybody behind me in jeopardy if I do say something. But this is a this is the part that we have to understand. It's, it, this is exactly to my point. You don't have to say anything. You just need to go do it. That's the point. Because everybody that's being put in danger or the people who are out saying things and you're saying things and you're wasting that energy. That's my point about the protesting. It's not to be disrespectful, but that's that's my point about the protesting being a waste of energy and it's being something that's putting you in danger. What I mean by just doing it, okay, no, I'm not going to put myself and my child out there to protest to beg these whites to give me what I know I deserve right. to have. You know what I'm going to do? When the next time I decide that I need to go and get a bag of chips from the corner store, Boom. I'm not going to go to the gas Thank station. You. I'm going to go to the black uh, corner yes. store and, and I'm going to get it. Or if mm -hmm. I know I need to get some trophies made for a performance or whatever, I'm going to go to a black-owned trophy shop and get that done. If I know that I want to... Um, 
have a cleaners or put in a, in a black neighborhood. Like, basically making sure that your dollar stays in your community as long as possible. You do it by doing it. And when you build that, and, and it is a problem sometimes because I just gave an example of someone the other day where we had the old neighborhood that I lived in. We had a black corner store. And, of course, it was new. Her chips, they're usually like 25 cents a bag, were like 50 cents. People are complaining about, oh, well, her chips too high, they 50 cents, da, da, da. I could just go to the dollar store and get them, you know, four for a dollar, yada, yada, yada. First of all, you got to get in your car, use your gas, drive to the, the dollar store to get it. So the amount of time, energy, effort, and gas that you're spending, you could just spend the extra quarter, number one. Number two, if the black corner store in the neighborhood is ever going to make it, their prices has to be a little bit more, at least in the beginning, because they don't have the buying power of a Dollar General oh, right. or a Walmart right. or any of they these other. They don't have the capital. Right. Right. They don't. They don't right. Well, even if that, even if you had the capital, you don't have the buying power. In order for you to get a low price, you have to have a, a larger want, quantity. If I have a small mm -hmm. store, all the food much. will go. All the chips will be expired and go bad by mm -hmm. the time I actually sell them. You know what I mean? To get it for that price. But my point is. If we take our dollar and exchange it in our community first before it leaves our community, that's when we'll start to see our community grow. And that was going to be my third point. Sorry to cut you mm -hmm. off, but that was going to be my, well, my second point in the sense of we, I know for a fact, and I don't know the numbers by any means, but I've heard for sure that we as a community spend the most. The most. Yes. So it's very and shocking to Americans me. only spend 3% of their $600 billion in African-American businesses. And that's the problem. So I think, again, you know, once you have that collective of people who are like-minded, and I feel like to, to a degree, yeah, we're not on a big scale, but we try to do as much as we can within our little stuff. And, and that's where it starts with us doing and actually trying to be proactive and, you know, getting people to understand that, okay, this is the bigger picture. Like you said, yeah, you know, this corner store right here may be a little bit more expensive, but the bigger picture is we need to start shopping within our own. And this is the reason why blah, 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 blah. I also think we need community things where how we used to educate ourselves mm -hmm. again, mm -hmm. like how the churches used to be before. We need communities, you know, too. centers like that where you could come and shop and get your health on and, you know, get information and stuff like that where we can pull amongst each other and not be so scared to not let people infiltrate, infiltrate the, you know, what we got I'm going a, on. I'm going to tell you this. A, a big, the big problem with our community um, and it, it kind of stems from just how the world is. Now, everybody wants to be liked. Right. Okay? Everyone wants to be liked. Everyone um, wants to fit in. And the problem, this is the real problem, the real gag is... Everybody throwing around the term racist and what's so wrong about being racist and that without even understanding what the word racist really means or what racism really means. And not understanding that every single race in this world except us are playing the racism game. Except us. Everybody else is being racist be except us. And, and racist and prejudice are two, two different, different mm -hmm. things. Prejudice means when you don't like somebody because they are black right. or because they are white. And you, you know, you treat them a certain way because of that. Racism basically means that I am in a race to and make I sure. Yeah, I am in a race to make sure that my people have what they need the most. Meaning I am putting my people first. Meaning 
before I sit up here and give a job to Johnny over here, I'm going to give a job to Shaquan. Because I have to ensure that the betterment of my community is taken care of first. Back to the Asian guy's comment in his letter. No, it's not that I don't like black people and I don't want them to have jobs and all that. But why would I give him a job before I give my six Asian brothers who I know need a job too? But what's so messed up is the minute we try some stuff like that, like you say, Tulsa, Oklahoma, oh baby, it's going down. Because those who know what's really good, then I'm sorry. It's just not, they're not okay. going to let that shit happen. So, so it brings you, it brings you to another point of mine then. So what do you do? Do you live in fear? Heck no. Because what happens, no, I'm going to tell you, because what happens is people say just that. Okay, well, if we do this and we create another Black Wall Street, if you guys aren't familiar with Black Wall Street, you can look it up. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, it literally was a black community filled with doctors, lawyers. They had their own bus lines. They had their own banks, their own cleaners. I mean, literally like... Little Africa, okay? Like, they're, everything that they needed to do, they did within themselves. They were completely separate. That whole separate but equal, they were completely separate. They were very successful. Whites were pissed off because they didn't need them. They were flourishing without them, and they were doing better than them. And as a result, they came and dropped bombs on it and completely destroyed that entire community within a matter of hours. Um, so if you need to look more up on that, you could always Google it, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street, you know, etc. But what happens is, no matter what, there's, there's always going to be opposition. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be opposition. You can never get anywhere without a fight. Nothing is going to be given to you. Look at this country. Look at this world. Nothing has been won without bloodshed. Nothing. And I know that sounds harsh. A lot of people are not going to want to hear that. But if you could get what you needed diplomatically, we'd have had it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. They're not going to give it to you. You have to take it. Now, granted, other races, it has been a little easier for them because when these people come over here in the country, they got grants. They have all kinds of tax breaks. They get to get all kinds of loans. And it's a lot easier for them to get set up in this country and succeed than it is for us. Because if we try and set something up, you're hitting us with bullshit permits. And you're hitting us with bullshit unsolicited. Oh, you didn't do this right. You can't or get this loan. Yeah, you, you know, so. For this. You don't, you can't do, right. So, so, you're, so you're always going to have systematic racism. Mm-hmm. But that does not mean that you give up the fight. Nor nope. does it mean that you get on your knees and you beg them for something. You cannot get respect from someone by, by begging them to give it to you. You can't. And at the end of the day, I told someone this. Um, everybody can't be out there on the front line. You need some people back here actually doing shit. You right. know what I mean? And sorry to those frontline people. Yeah, you, 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 really, you, you really need... And I'm, 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 just, I'm just saying it. You really need some people who are back here doing things. I had a person tell me, well, when I go and support a black business and it ain't right and it ain't this and that, and I'd be like, that's why I support a black business. I said, that's where you're wrong. I said, I'm say what you should have done. Since you got all your fancy degrees from your little Ivy League schools and you're so educated, but you want to be so quote-unquote woke and black power, if you go to a black business and you don't experience the type of customer service that you wanted or you don't get the the result that you wanted from the store, instead of just writing them off, bad-mouthing and generalizing all black businesses because you had one bad experience, it's so much easier at a small black business to go and reach the owner than it is at a corporation. What you should have done was ask the manager, hey, you know, is it possible for you to speak to the manager or possibly the owner, whoever's in charge, you know, what's going on? Nine out of ten times, the owner probably working at the store with you, okay? Owner comes out, you say, hi, you know, my name is Tiffany, you know, I'm a customer here, I really like supporting you guys. This is the experience that I had, 
and it's something that I would love to continue to patronize your business. Is there anything that we can do to kind of resolve it? I'll make sure it doesn't happen in the future, you know, and they'll tell you what they have to tell you. And guess what? What if this is something as simple as we didn't know or we don't have the resources or we didn't this? You know what? How about this? I do marketing. If you don't mind, I can offer my services to come once a quarter to train your staff on professional development and customer service and how to market better and da 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 I mean, why don't you offer that? Now, granted, if you do all of that and somebody said, F you, I don't want you, I don't care about that, then fine, you're going about your business. That doesn't mean that every business is like that because guess what? Every person that tries to sit up here and tell me, oh, I try to support bad businesses, but they ain't this and they ain't that. I said, well, how many bad businesses have you had at white businesses? I was about what to say that. Not so much that in general, but at other businesses. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure you've went to... Uh, Asian store, I know for a fact. You Those went to an Arabic store or you've been to a Walmart or whatever and somebody treats you horrible. So at the end of the day... This is the thing with condition. We're thinking when we go into the nail salon, the Asian or the Oriental nail salon, and they're speaking their language around That's us, so very we disrespectful. We can't understand the words they're saying. But we know they're talking about us and the and services that we're paying for. We're conditioned to think that that's the norms and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I would love to have a black nail technician. I have went to a black nail technician and what I got to honestly say is I enjoyed the services. But I knew it was only her because she couldn't afford to hire staff. She couldn't afford to do this and do that. So it was just her. And if I needed to go but to she gave you quality, I bet you did. She sure did. I loved her services. But I'm going to have to be in there all day. So I made the conscious choice and asked, well, I like the quicker, faster service. So I'm going to sit here around these Asians or Orientals and have them speaking their language, laughing and chatting it up. And you must give me something to entertain me while I'm spending my money with them who don't respect me as an individual. Don't even look at me in my eyes when they're talking to me. You know, I'm going to patronize them every other week or so. So Because I want to get in there quick. Mm-hmm. And I want to just have it done. And I don't even much appreciate the services, but the quality of work you do. Okay, so this is the thing. This is the thing that we have to understand. Nobody said it was going to be easy or convenient. That's right. Nobody said it was going to be easy or convenient. Okay? We are the most resilient people. We have endured so much and still find a way to still be happy and have a good time and shake a little leg and not lose our shits for lack of better words Mm -hmm. nobody said it was gonna be easy or convenient yes it makes you have to may have to take you know a longer time because she's one person and all that but the more we patronize her it'll take longer but the more we patronize her the more she'll, the more capital she'll have, the easier it'll be for her to hire other people. A lot, of, at the end of the day, a lot of our best and brightest in our community don't come and serve our community. If you are great with PR, if you're great with management, if you're great with business, whatever, we have to bring our talent back to our communities and empower our own. Everything is not about a dollar, and everything is not about right now but what's not going to get it is you taking all that energy and going out here begging for somebody that like you and just give you what they have go get your own shit is it going to be easy no nobody said it was going to be easy but go get your own shit don't let that stop you and i understand we all have families we got to eat we got things we need to do and no one is saying neglect your responsibilities but we need to know that your priorities always need to be 
us and the betterment of our people before anything else. And I will tell you this. My grandfather used to always say, integration was the worst thing that ever happened Hell to black yeah. people. Who was civil? He Why always about said that. Integration was the worst thing to ever happen to black people. And let me explain to you why. And I have a theory that I feel that integration was a plot and a strategic plan to destroy the black community. And let me explain. When you have segregation, because here we go blacks, we always want to be liked and want to be included. Fuck being liked and included. I want to be respected and have my own. Okay? I don't care if you like me. We tell our children that every day. You don't go to school to have friends. You go to school to learn. But we don't apply that in our own life when it comes down to advancing as a race. But I digress. Okay, so let me explain. When you're when you when you have segregation and you're separate but equal, what does that mean? That means you got your own schools, you got your own banks, you teach your own children, you got your own this, your own that. As long as you over there doing what you got doing, having your thing, we gonna be over here doing what we gotta do, having our own thing, and everybody gonna coexist, and we gonna we gonna go it on about our business. Okay, I ain't fooling with you, you ain't fooling with me. What happens? You get some people. Where, oh, I got my own, but I want what they have. I want to be able to go sit by them. First of all, psychological thing. Why do you feel that you're less than because you can't go sit with them? That's the first problem that we have to really dissect as a people as to why do we care so much about what other people think about us. But that's a whole other topic. So you get that out there. People talking about, you know, let's try and integrate. We need to have that. And some people will argue and say, oh, well, they had better books and they had better resources. Yeah, they had better things because they had it longer than what we had. Okay, we have to think about it. We're not that far removed from slavery. My great grandmother, she's actually by marriage, my great grandmother, but great grandmother, nonetheless, made 101 years old this year. Okay, she's still walking this earth. We have to think about it. Her parents were slaves or her grandparents, for sure, were slaves. These are people who are walking the earth this day who had relatives that they grew up with who were slaves. So we're not that far removed from this, yes, it takes a while for you to kind of get your foot in, get going. And yeah, if they had a 400-year advantage on you, then yeah, they're going to have better books. Yeah, they're going to have better buildings. It doesn't mean that you can't have it. You may not have it right now, but if you keep pressing and pushing towards it, eventually you will. So you have people that come with the whole integration thing. They want to cause a stir. And then you have people... We're like, no, we don't want integration. Yes, we do. So you, you create this turmoil. You create this beep about it. Then my theory is... Oh, they want to be over here? Hmm. The more we tell them they can't be over here, the more they going to want to be over here. Like a child. All right? Like a child. It's like a dog dangling meat in front of his face. You know he want the meat, so you're dangling and dangling and dangling to make him want it more. And then to add fuel to the fire, we're going to kill a couple of people. We're going to spray some of them down with holes. And see, now your emotions are getting involved now. Because, see, people who, there's a lot of people who were not for integration, contrary to what we have been seeing in our history. Because, now there were a lot of people who were not here for integration. But what happens is, in order to pull those people in, now I need to incite fear in you. Now mm-hmm. I need bodies to die for this. Fear so now you feel like, love. oh, yeah. So now you feel like I got to join a fight for this because people have lost their lives. Not because I agree with integration. Not because I agree that it should happen. But now I got to do it so that their lives aren't in vain type of thing. And that's the way to set you up to suck you in. 
get into this whole civil rights movement, make it all about that when it ain't nothing but a big shit show. Because they already know how they really feel about it. And they done got you all emotionally involved, got you charged. And you know what they're doing? They're getting you to abandon your communities and your it's shit. A it's a distraction. Because then what happens? All right, integration happens. You can go to school with these fucking whites now. Why you want to go there? I don't know. But okay, whatever. You can go to school with them. You can sit at a lunch counter with them, mm. which does nothing for your economic power. Okay? At all. All this is everything for theirs. Because that's where we ended up spending our Our money, our money, our time, and everything trying to assimilate with these folks. Correct. So what happens at the end of the day now it's turning around because now they're trying to assimilate and take our stuff and make it into their stuff. But see, and that's the bad thing. So what happens? But it goes back to knowing who you are and why. Why they're trying to keep you oppressed. Mm. Why they don't want you to know the power of economics and your money. Why they want you to be happy with a good job instead of owning and operating. Mm. Because you, with just the color of your skin, and what you represent is so much more bigger than you could actually put into words. Right. Which is the thing that, you know, to my grandfather's point, when you integrate, and you see, 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 integration for us, meant oh we get to go to their stuff too yada 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 integration means that it's, it's it's a partnership we coexist that means i can go to the whites and buy from them they're going to come to us and buy from us that's not what happened sure so you not. pulled all of your resources out of your community you left your schools you left your stores you left your bakeries you left your cleaners you left all of your businesses to put your money in their pockets but they're not taking none of their money and putting it into yours so basically what you did was you weakened you're in your own community and you set your own people back. The civil rights movement set black folks back. And they're going to be some people that's not going to like to hear that. But if you look at the facts and you look at where we were in a self-pride, where we were economically and all of that. No, we may have not had the best of the best. But the things that we didn't have that were the best of the best were material right, things. Those right. were material things. But we as a people were so much better than that. Even further in history. That's talking about once they brought us over here. But it's before we the, even came here, we were the best of the best. Oh, yeah. We were the brightest of the bright. That's why they sought us. That's why they seeked us. That's why they knew how to infiltrate us because they always knew that we was a loving people. Correct. And accepting people. Correct. And also, when I say accepting, yes, we won't be, this is who we are. At, at core, we are not of the days, cavemen. The at core, we are not those people. Where the generations and everybody separates and breaks off, and you because it's it's deep. It's very deep. It's very very deep. But for us, for those who can kind of follow, you know, without us going into, I hope you know you can pull something from it. But it it really goes into who you are at a core and knowing who and the power that you have as a black individual. And to kind of go back with Tiffany was saying about the whole, you know, everybody having like their, you know, us having our own businesses and stuff like that. What I see and what I find is so hard, and I'm pretty sure it's, it's conditioning, and it's that whole crab in a barrel mentality where we do not, again, like to support one another. We don't want to see the next, I hate to say it like this, the next black man be a, do a little better than us. Not everybody, but I'm not going to lie. For the majority, it's like, okay, if you have a business and you have a business, I don't see where it's like, okay, well, let me support her. She's going to support me. We're like, we're supporting each other, supporting I'm each other. You, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Yes, I understand your point. Yes, I think that that does exist. And yes, it is far deeper than what we can even go into on this conversation as to why 
we have not been able to successfully well, regain economic <laughs> power. This topic is really about the fact that that should be our goal and yes. our main focus as a race versus why we haven't gotten there. Pooling together. But it is, it is conditioning. It is a lot to do with epigenetics. That would be a whole yes. nother topic as to why <laughs> we are at a place where it's very difficult to see yes. somebody else succeed. And it's not that they don't want the other person to succeed. It's just that they're really, and people say, well, it's enough out here for everybody. It's enough of us to eat. Da, da, da. Uh, not so much. Not so much. So much so to where if you are in a community where the system is only going to allow one token black business to thrive or the pick and choose of who they're going to want to support and put out there, it is going to be a little difficult. I'll give you an example. The yoga studio that I go to, absolutely love it. The city fell in love with her. She moved here from California. Um, they did all kinds of segments on the news. Oh, first black-owned yoga studio in New Orleans. Da, 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 da. She's gotten tremendous support from the city, a lot of coverage, a lot of events and things that other businesses would have never gotten. She hasn't even been in business for a year. And when those things were going on, she had been in business for six, seven, eight months when those things happened. I can promise you right now, if another black-owned hot yoga studio were to open today, it's going to be a lot more difficult for that person to gain the same regard and support as this other business because the city has decided that That's this it. is the person that. that we're going to support. This is the one that we're going to put out there. And everybody else is going to have to just get it how they live. And, and the crumbs that fall, you have to pick those crumbs. I'm not saying that it is correct. And I'm not saying that a person should intentionally have a crabs in a barrel mentality. Let me tell you something. That's not something that's only in our community also. Right. Let's be clear. That's human nature. Let's be clear. There are people across many other races. And most of them, they be even like that with their own families. So where mm -hmm. they don't want nobody else doing better, better than them. And that's not And that's not us. Than you. And we, we, have, uh, we have taken ownership of that as black people to say, oh, blacks have a crab in a barrel mentality. We have taken ownership to that. And I think that's something that we need to stop, stop. and nip in the butt now. Because that's not a black thing. That is a people thing. Okay? And it actually happens far more across other races than it does us. Because let me tell you something. I'm not trying to be disrespectful or trying to be um, uh, prejudiced or anything like that. You will work on a job with an Asian. And you and you you'll know what com com competitiveness is and what, what it means. You gonna went know. To school with any of them. You gonna you know what it means. So, yeah, so <laughs> you gonna know what it Shout means. So that is. Shout out. So that is not a black. And we have to stop that. We have to stop Labeling taking ownership to these things. labels that other people have tried to place on us as if it's the only thing that we do. Another example. It's a little off topic. But another example. All color people time. CP time. Black people always late. No, they have other races of people who ain't never on goddamn time. I done been around a lot of Latin Americans more recently, and I have realized okay. these motherfuckers don't never start. But these motherfuckers don't never start at the end no of the time. Day, they're colored. They are people of color as well. Yeah, they are, but there there are other people who are right. Late. So no, what, no, my, that's my true. My point of no, what I'm saying is to not get off topic. Right. My point of what I'm saying is. The labels, we don't that, want to label the labels that have been placed on us by others that we have taken ownership to, we have taken those things, we have put it in our subconsciousness, and we have made it a way of life, and it's a negative depiction of us, and it is subconsciously making us feel as if we are inadequate, we're less than, we don't have, and we don't like each other, we don't this, we don't that. That's bullshit. 
We need to get that out of our head. That is what's been placed on us. That is what has been told to us. Because for every single person that we could say is a hater, you can still take those same people and see who they don't hate on for the people who they actually love and appreciate. Okay? So that that that's one thing. And outside of any of that, we need to make sure that we get back to the core of the conscious what effort we should of, be doing. Right. And that is the conscious effort of uplifting us first. That is not saying be anti-white. That's not saying being anti-anything. It means being self first. And then everybody else second. Self-aware, yes. Everybody else second. You know what I mean? Because when we sat there and we integrated and wanted to assimilate, we took everything from our communities and we drained our own communities to make someone else's community flourish. That's exactly what we do. And we have never gotten to turn that circle back around. We have not. We abandoned our universities. And then we try and question what the what the validity or the need of them are. Well, why, well we don't need HBCUs. Blah, 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 blah. All I of would, the BS. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I went to HBCU. And then the next question could be, well, do you support the HBCU once you graduate? Do you give back? Correct. And like, no. Correct. And you wonder well, why I, you wonder why these Ivy League schools or these other predominantly white institutions have large endowments. Mm-hmm. Because the people the actually alumni support. give back. They actually support. That's why they have large endowments. But what do you do? You get your degree. You go out and you work in in their world. You make all the money, and then you go and support their initiatives, their businesses, and then you want to turn your nose down your child what we have going on. on. And let's even break it down to our little local school system in New Orleans. You know, we have certain schools that have certain reputations, and they're known for turning out these very well-rounded individuals. That's actually doing good in their professions and so on and so forth. They like to say, okay, well, we have this brotherhood, we have this camaraderie, but at the end of the day, they're not giving back the money Mm -hmm. to their schools. And they're looking at other schools where the alumni are giving back. Their their, their money is talking, and they have these campuses that are beautiful. And you're looking Mm -hmm. at it like, well, they have this campus, and they have, look what they have. They don't have all this. But then you have to say, well... You were a graduate of this school. You are sending your child to this school over here. Why are you not sending your child to the school you graduated from? Because this school over here have more extra curricular activities. They have more buildings. They are newer school or whatever like that. But you're not even giving back to the school that you came. That, that You are forgetting where you came from. Right. You're not supporting the community that made you who you are. And at the end of the day, once we start to value ourselves, because I truly believe that you you can't value the community that made you if you don't value who you are. Okay? So the minute that we begin to value who we are, then we will value the communities in which we come from. Then we will actually support and uplift and make sure that it is better for those who have to come behind us. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like I said, I'm not, you know, my goal is not to be offensive. If it has offended you, hey, that's my truth. I'm sticking to it. But we need to focus our energies in other places that are best suited for us. If you feel that you really are, quote unquote, woke and you want what's best for the community and you want what's best for us as a race. And I don't feel that any of those people who protest don't want that. I think they truly want that. I truly do. I think they truly want what's best for the race. I think they truly want better for us and they truly want us to be in a position of you know, of power. They really do. But the way in which we're going about it is wrong. In my opinion, the way we're going about it is wrong. They are aware. 
They already know we don't need another hashtag because we're out there yelling and screaming or even silently throwing up signs in front of their face to taunt them, to tell them what we want, what we demand. You demand it by going do it. When we started those things where we were like not supporting certain businesses for a certain amount of time and all of that. That's- but even with that, those things work, but it works to a certain extent. Why? Because we don't own anything. So if we're going to sit there and say that we're going to support them, then we have to go even further to make sure that we have something to come back to. So if you're going to say we're not going to support the big box stores or we're not going to support this, okay, well, where are we going to go so that we can still get the things that we need? So that's why we need to move in silence and make sure that every dollar that we spend as much as we can, we put back into our own community so that we can build up so that when we do disconnect, from what they have, we got something to go to. You know what I mean? That should be our focus as people. That's where we should be headed. Not worrying about being liked. Not worrying about civil justices. Oh, you don't like me. You don't treat me good and all that. The same way you tell your children, like I said earlier. The same way you tell your kids you don't go to school to make friends. You go to school to learn. We ain't here to be liked. We're here to succeed and excel and be great. And being great sometimes comes with people not liking you. And not wanting you to have it. And it doesn't mean that you stop doing it. It just means that you do it differently. And I think a good start would be, you know, in the school system. We're trying to incorporate it. I know when I was in high school, we had programs like junior achievement that helped teach us economics. We even had economics class where we learned about stocks. We learned about checking accounts. We learned about savings accounts, how to balance these things, how, you know, we learn so much, but these days it's, that piece is missing out of the curriculum. Right. And, um, you know, we have adults or uh, people that's aging up to be 18, 19 years old who don't know what it is to pay a bill. Right. You right. know, and that's, that's mind-blowing to me. But I really do believe we need to start in the school systems to give our kids a more of a better of a foundation to understand what money is and how you become wealthy and not just rich. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely want, I, I know we're probably going to get a lot of feedback on this, so I definitely encourage everyone. This is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, this is just the starting point. It's We will have multiple discussions about black economics and the position of our people and our race and our culture and, and then where does it stem from and what should we do? How do we look back and see what mistakes we made in the past so we can make a better future? We'll have multiple conversations about that, but we definitely wanted to talk on getting our people mind right. The, the You know, the political and racial climate right now is thick. It's super thick. And we don't have a lot of time or energy to waste. Okay, so if we're going to use it and we're going to use our voices and we're going to use our power, we need to use it in the best way suitable to get the most efficient results the fastest. And standing outside with a sign, protesting, begging somebody to give you what you want, ain't going to cut it. Point blank, period. Okay, so last week we started with um, a new thing where we had like segments where we will have a specific topic that we talk about and kind of have someone sound off on that. So this week, we have our sex segment that's called Chicks Chat, which is like our play of words on Chit Chat. And that's Tasha's segment. So what you got for us, Tasha, in a, chick, in a Chicks Chat? What's up, guys? Okay, so today with Chicks Chat, just so you guys can know, it's something where I'm going to like be giving highlights on new businesses or just letting you know what's the tea, what's going on, what's good, and sharing my thoughts on things. 
So today I'm going to pose a question and I hope all of our followers feel comfortable to answer this and, you know, give us some feedback. I want to know if dating another person of an opposite race makes you any less down or less woke in the black community. Okay, so what brought me to that question is there's this new show called Dear White People, you guys, and it is really good, but what's happening in the show is they're on this campus, of, again, it's an Ivy League school, and there's a lot of things that are going on that is just like giving an example of what's happening now, where these group of kids had a fraternity or sorority party or whatever it was, and they did a blackface party. And you have the kids on the campus also who are like, you know, they have like their... uh. I guess, like, um, African-American community on the campus, and they try to, like, you know, make sure their voices are being heard. So when they heard about this, they were pretty upset. They went to the party, and they just stormed and started knocking things over and was like, what are y'all doing, you know? But to that point, there's a main character in there whose um, name is Sam, and she's kind of, you know, deep into this revolution. But what happens is she's dating a white guy. And no one knows this. You know, she really doesn't even know if this is her boyfriend. She's just fooling around with this guy at this point. But she really likes him. He makes her smile. You know, he brings the true her out. But she tried to keep it a secret. And some way he ended up doing an Instagram screenshot of them two together and saying, oh, my base Sam. So all of her friends, everybody on campus is now looking at her like, what's happening? But... You know, her real friends and the people, you know, they were like, look, if that's who you want to date, then that's who you want to date. But you got some people in the, you know, in the crew, because, again, they're so for their community. That's like, look, no, you ain't supposed to be dating this dude. How you going to be so on fire for your people? And you are on here screwing a white guy, your oppressor, ho, how they say. So I want to get your thoughts on that, guys. You guys let me know. Can you still be woke and date the opposite sex? Let us know your thoughts. Mm. That's a whole another <laughs> topic. It's a whole another topic. So, you know, what I want people to take away from our discussion today about black power, what does it truly mean or where does it truly lie for us? I really want us to think about the time and the energy that we spend and where it's best suited. I'm not saying that people should not be able to freely express how they feel in the way in which they want to all i'm simply saying is you don't get respect by begging for it and change does not happen without action okay and we have to really for the lack of better words and cliche put our money where our mouth is and the talking the time for talking is over the time for asking is over and the same way you pass by that homeless man on the side of the road with his sign is the same way that the oppressor is passing against you with your sign because no changes happen. That person is still homeless and you still out here begging for, you know, begging for your civil rights. We should not be focused on civil rights. We should be focused on economic empowerment. Okay? My takeaway is money is power. Power is money. My takeaway, guys, you know me, I'm always the self-checker. You know what I mean? Just be mindful. You know, if if you know, for example, like they say, just one small thing you do, even if it's just shopping with somebody or going to get your nails done from somebody of your own, you know what I mean? Just start really making a conscious effort to be more educated and, you know, start shopping with 
our own, putting our money back where it's supposed to go, in so many words. Not where it's supposed to go, but where I feel it needs to go to bring us back where no, we where need to be, to you know. Where it's supposed to go. So, that's my takeaway from that. And I'll close out with saying this. Like I said earlier, nobody ever said that the road to the top was going to be easy or convenient. Mm-hmm. Stop being lazy. Stop wanting to, you know, the microwave generation. Nobody yes. said it was going to be easy or convenient. It may not even happen in your lifetime. It may happen in your children or your grandchildren's lifetime. But you have to lay the foundation now. All right? Signing off, I'm Tiffany. Erica. And Tasha. Bye.